Thank you for joining us for another intriguing edition of the Stack Pack. Perhaps you could solve a mystery. Hey, what's up, guys? Uh, Stack Pack back for another week. Um, season 4, episode 25, the finale. finale. The finale. We I did it. I don't I don't feel like this is like a finale that really should be celebrated. We we like, never really take seasons like, seriously. Like 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 it's not like we're going to take a break and see you after the <laughs> summer break. Yeah, well, well, it's not not, it's not like, that. Oh, we're all going to go to our cottages. We're all going to yeah. go on summer break and go to Hawaii. Yeah. I kind of I kind of felt like this season was kind of a a letdown. A lot of lost loves. Too many lost loves. You know what though? Those are the mysteries though that are to be unsolved. And and there's got to be. I actually feel uh, there's got to be at least two cases we're going to cover tonight that we have covered at least eight times on this fucking podcast. Yeah. But you know what? It's not about that. You know what it's about? It's about (laughs) hanging with my boys. Oh no, that's what it's about. Uh, I disagree. There's a lot of good stuff this season. There was aliens. Um. Okay, yeah. so we had two UFO cases. Uh, lots of good, lots of good murder. You know what I mean, guys. Uh, I don't have to explain. You know, not myself. the bad murder, but you know the good murder where you're just like, <laughs> oh, yeah, that good, guy had a good, good murder. No, just, I kind of feel like there was a lot of cases. solved. Cases Welcome to this good year. murder. Home Welcome of the good, good murder. murder. <laughs> Can I take your order? Home of the good murder. Yeah, uh, we're from the '90s. Anyway, uh, <laughs> it's the podcast that we do. Keenan uh, and Kel references, we're doing them. I love me some unsolved mysteries. I do, I do, um, I do. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> Speaking of new unsolved mysteries, we oh, are about yeah. to get our fucking load on, right? Yeah. See, see, that's what I wanted to talk to you about. Should we just keep going? Um, like normal, and then when the new Unsolved Mysteries comes out, do we cover those? I think we should. Uh, I think or, we or should. We Let's do, do what, or because there's they're one case each. Maybe do we a can short do, sode maybe, or yeah. spe- use do them as specials. Yeah, or just do like yeah, little mini sodes like like we'll Ooh. just well we gotta get into it, man. Well, he, we gotta watch thing. it. Here's the thing, though, is like we gotta be careful with it because like the cases are covering our active cases. So there aren't going to be any updates, and it might come off douchey of us, like you know, making fun of well, the reenactment. That I feel like just I don't feel like well, we'll we be were, making fun of new reenactments. Yeah, yeah. I think it's going to. be I feel really like good this is going to be value. like new. Like, well, what if it I think is going to get our? I think this is going to get our true crime dick dicks hard. Like, yeah, I, mean, I hope. Like, I this hope. Gonna but be I like mean, quality television. Not to say anything about the old stuff. Yeah, like that is holy to us. Um, but of course. But also, I feel, I feel like, yeah. I mean, there's, there's a lot to be desired about the old episodes. It was definitely dated, and that's why we crack jokes. I feel like the new stuff, we just got to play it out. Let's just, let's just. If, it, if, play, if there's corny reenactments in the new one, it would be oh, impossible. They're gonna get shit on. It would be impossible to be upset about it, though, right? Like, <laughs> I, like, like you're kind of expecting it, like but, at least for the first and, episode. No, like just, and we're just, gonna totally shit yeah. on it. If it does, and it's okay, we're still gonna. It's come. It comes from a place of love. But like, even though there's, we it's, yeah, we love unsolved mysteries. Even though there's bad reenactments in the old ones. I don't right, know. In that case, yeah, you're like, you're like, I love you, but I think you're a terrible fucking human being. I'm just kidding. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. No. Yeah. I'm excited. 
Uh, we don't know I how many too. episodes. Let's of, feel of, it out. Let's let's kind of see where we're going here. Yeah. Let's see. Let's let's watch it. Maybe we could watch it together and do like a little mini sode or oh, honestly, I don't know. Let's I just think, see. Yeah, I think uh, just uh, doing little mini episodes on each one, just being excited that there's new unsolved mysteries. Yeah, like we don't have to give too much more insight, but I think people will want to hear us talk about the new ones, right? <laughs> Yeah, I think if, so too. It, like, you know, the yeah. whatever, how many hundreds of we can go hundreds, back and forth. Hundreds upon hundreds of people that listen to us. Shit, man! You know what? Yeah, <laughs> you should come, Eli. Um, oh, I came. Anyway, oh, I came. Yeah, so so there's a loaded. <laughs> we have a loaded episode um, of lost loves of and updates. Of old nah, episodes. this is a great episode, even though it's it, it's it's top loaded with some. Hey, by the way, guess what? The kids are at my mom's. Yeah. Jocelyn is taking a nice little snooze. She's in bed. So let's so party. I have to use We can get the, we can, you can get his <laughs> I told you to go pee. I told him. I All right. So the first case is an update. We talked about this full case in completely full fullnessity. Um, oh, full fullnessity? detail. In its yeah. in its full unsolved mysteries stature. So this is called The Investigators, and it's about this guy named, uh, what the fuck was his name? Devereaux, right? Um, oh, we're going Don back into Devereaux. it? Okay. I mean, I just want to just brief, like, uh, you know, it's this guy, Char- Charles Morgan, is de- he dies, and this guy is sure that um, um, he was the one who was meant to be killed. This guy had the same car as this other person. <coughs> Their offices were across the street from each other. Their addresses were one digit off. This guy, Don Devereaux, found out that um, someone had a hit on him. So he was like the dude who died across the business across the street with the same car. It was probably him they were trying to kill. But they never – whatever. But we Yeah, we covered this. We talked about it. And then the second case is another update about that old Florida couple who was driving to go visit their daughter and they got killed by a drunk driver on the way. Who we also covered. All right, so let's get into stuff we haven't talked about. Um, this is a robbery. Um, this one's pretty fucking interesting because I think for the most part they they did this. They got away with it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the majority of them. I mean, only one person took the fall. I mean, that is a successful heist. Yeah. Yeah. Rochester- what are you drinking, by the way? What's up? What are you drinking, by the way? Uh, just the uh, LaCroix and vodka. Mm. <clears throat> It's a uh, pomplemousse. <laughs> oh, I love that pomplemousse. Or is it passion fruit? I think it's passion fruit. Uh, anyway, so Rochester, uh, Rochester, New York, June of 1990. Um, these dudes robbed $11 million coming from an armored truck. Um, and how they did it is pretty interesting. Um, we have two people in the truck, two guards. Albert Ranieri is one. And the second one is Mary Wilson, not Mary Wilson. She didn't want to tell her name. Uh, all we know is she's a blacked out head. And in the reenactment, she is African-American. So she goes in to get um, whatever, the generic uh, convenience store things. And the guy stays in there. Albert stays in there because he's driving the car. Um, and, of course, it's got 11 fucking million dollars in there. So you're not just going to let it, you know, fucking someone's going to stay with the car. So while she's in the store. Um, there's a fucking van parked next to them. They get out of the car and they put like a, what looks like a shotgun through like an opening 
in the door yeah. to the armored car. And I what guess, is the purpose of that opening? Well, uh, they talk about it later when they talk about how it was an inside job that there that porthole was conveniently like broken off, so they could fit oh. the barrel of the gun right through. So the barrel of the gun is shoving right through the front. And then another guy comes out and just fucking unlocks the door. Like, they weren't very careful about it being someone that knew exactly what was going to happen. They had a fucking yeah, key he, for the van. Yeah, Not just well, that. He also had a mask on that it looked like it was fucking Halloween. Yeah, it's one of those yeah. Unsolved Mysteries things that they don't say out loud, but it's just in the reenactment. That you, <laughs> like the you, sandwich. So we, yeah, we're, we're le- <laughs> yeah, like the sandwich. <laughs> what about the sandwich? He said coffee and donuts, and she came back with a sandwich. Yeah, so we're left wondering. We have questions. So you were asking what the like portholes are on the on the vehicle are for? Well, I didn't realize. I they didn't realize it was closed, broken. Right? Like, this- yeah, yeah. So like the concept of that is like if the vehicle was ever to get like stuck or booby trapped, then you can pee, right? You could stick your dick no, in there. No, no, you stick your gun out and you exactly. could stand your ground. <laughs> Oh, uh, that that was like wait, the whole concept was. So like it's if, literally say it again? meant for a gun to, to, to be... go to to poke poke through. It's just it, they're designed. Wait, wait, wait. To say wear. again. You said that it's designed for what? So if a guard, so like if, if the vehicle gets like caught or it's like ambushed and they can't escape, then the guards can stand their ground and like defend the money. Those those portholes are designed so the the people inside the vehicle can stick the barrels of their firearms out and. You know. But it's not meant for people to stick their barrels in. Correct. Right? Yeah. Broken. So, like, that particular vehicle had a broken door that allowed someone to just, like, use it as a mail slot, if you will. Mm. Sounds like a very <laughs> homophobic <clears throat> van. It's like, it's like, out only, honey. <laughs> oh, my God. We're silly. Anyway, so. Um, Special delivery, 12-gauge pump. <laughs> <laughs> that was very. I like that. Okay. Um, so basically, he goes into the back, and then he tells the 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 driver to put his hands on the wheel and to not say a fucking thing. <laughs> and better then, not say a thing, or I'll kill you. All right. Hey, see. <laughs> and then five minutes later, Mary, not Mary, comes back, and he's in the and he's like in the back back of the truck, so he doesn't. She doesn't immediately see him, the robber, and then um, she. And then he points a gun at her, and she said it happened so fast um, that she she said it happened so fast that she wasn't even scared, which is interesting. She yes. said she said she got her legs and arms got bound with plastic handcuffs, and she was just like laying on her stomach. And um, how about that tape? Give me that sandwich. What about that tape job? <laughs> All he wanted was that chicken parm. What I'm imagining is a chicken parm sandwich, dude. That's so weird, David. Oh my god! Synchronicity. I swear to God. Did you have a chicken parm sandwich today? No, but today. <laughs> so Thursdays they give they give away free food at my job because we're essential workers and we get to go in. So so so, so on Thursday is as when they reward, hand out the virus. As a as a reward, they let everybody gather at the fucking cafeteria and hand out <laughs> free food. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> oh my god, dude, that's so funny. As a reward, anyways, they- I digress. Uh, at I swear to God, it's all like prepackaged stuff, and you just go. It's like grab and go. And today they try to have like one specialty item because like before it's like it was like super elaborate. Like they always had like a station with like fucking like omelets cuisine. 
like different cuisine from like different all, all sorts of the world. Like today we're doing Indian. Today we're doing uh, Asian. We're doing fusion. Uh, we're doing Indian. Like they always like have like a different thing. So they're trying to like keep up with that, but do like, yeah, like different smaller things. So they have like prepackaged pizzas and sandwiches today. The special was fucking chicken parm sandwiches, David. They never serve chicken parm sandwiches ever, and did you, ever in and my you didn't entire even get one? years. No, I didn't. I was going to. Now I, got, I today I got a burger. Uh, <laughs> so you, that was a good. So, so basically, you're describing their cafeteria is like the Gathering of Nations buffet at the end of the Mountain Gods. Dude, you know or, what's funny? <laughs> okay, check this out. You know what's even funnier? So they're supposed to be like essential workers, right? They're supposed to be like, oh, this is for essential people only. People that are have to come in. Everybody else gets to work from home. Well, guess what? The work from home people found Coming out on Thursdays. So they come in to work at their desk on Thursdays for the free food. So not only, <laughs> not only is this thing not for essential workers anymore. There's more people that come in on Thursdays because of the free food. So, yeah, How fucked up is is That's is, our, is our labor pool where where you have to come in for a free meal because you're not paid oh, enough terrible. to work from home? Probably just get out of the house, you know. Uh, see everybody. Three in the people office. in the last two weeks. Three people. Oh no, no. I'm sorry. Yeah, we haven't had any confirmed cases because everybody's been home. But now, like with. People starting to go out now. Like Texas doesn't give a fuck. Like they're just like Ugh, oh, reopening. No, I know. Fuck you. Three people at my company confirmed COVID. Jeez. My mom had another just, department. Just this her, week. My mom had another department at her office have to close up today because someone tested positive. Well, you know what's funny is I was saying um, in our little group text today that Dan and I, we, we tried to go to the gym and nobody was wearing a fucking mask. Oh, I felt yeah. so uncomfortable. And I was just like. I was like, God damn it, everybody, uh, uh, nobody at the gym is wearing a mask, but everybody at Steak Pito's, which is like a, you know, a Philly cheesesteak place, unhealthiest food, is wearing a fucking mask. Like, it's like a paradox. Like, the you know, it's just yeah. like, I'm going to eat the Philly and I'm not going to go to the gym. You know what? Can I, can I make an observation that I've made? So, I live in a very just working class, let's just call it a working class neighborhood. I got a lot of different ethnicities around me. There's a Kroger, which is like not the nicest Kroger. It's definitely not the nicest Kroger. Kroger's like a grocery store, Albertsons. Yeah, Kroger's like a grocery store. And most, uh, believe it or not, I didn't know this. Kroger is like the second largest convenience or not convenience store, grocery store next to Walmart. I didn't know this. Anyways, the Kroger bias isn't very nice. That being said, everybody there is like masks and like gloves and everybody's taking precautions. When I go to the, when I go to the Tom Thumb, who's another grocery store, a little bit more upscale, kind of closer to like the rich houses. I want to say that people there just aren't caring as much. Really? So you think that it's because they have a cleaning crew to clean up. So, you know, the virus isn't there. But I just I just find this weird. So you're saying kind of the same thing that I'm seeing is yeah. like people that go to the gym when you pay for a membership, you have a little bit more money. Oh, or, you know, oh, oh you, no! Here, here's the fucking crazy thing. Like it's like so, meatheads, like the guys who just have big arms and tiny yeah. everything else. 
or like uh, for and like example, like one I can't thing. Breathe. I can't breathe with my mask, bro. Yeah, I gotta yeah. take this off. Like, work on your fucking legs for a second. <laughs> Do some cardio. No, like, but it's weird. Like, so the gym is trying to like push more better hygiene, which not well part of because of COVID, but just in general, like. It's you always been sanitized. You I mean, should I guess have better hygiene at a gym, just in general, like a bunch of people touching stuff, sweating. Yeah. So Sweat like the virus out, bro. Their their new Sweat rule, out, their new rule is they highly recommend when you walk into the gym before you start working out, you wash up, and then before you leave the gym, you wash out. There's like a sign everywhere that says that. Like before you work out and before you leave, wash in, wash out. We saw a so you guy, feel like people aren't wearing masks because their people are being more well. Hold up, cautious. hold up. So as we were leaving, I went to go use the restroom and I watched this fucking old, crusty ass dude walk in there, take a piss, he and then just walk out. Yeah, he wasn't crusty. He was like, he maybe was like really clean. tan, like older blonde, kind of like maybe his paint, maybe his forty five fifty. He didn't fucking wash his hands at all. It's like in this fucking like era, in this time, in this place that we are in as as a society. And you know, there's two fucking people in that restroom. Dan and I were both in that restroom. He was at the urinal, and Dan was with him at the sink, um, uh, socially, the socially distanced, one we- sink away. And this fucker, or was it vice versa? You were I at, was the at the sink. sink, I was at the urinal, and then he was at the urinal he adjacent to me. fucking walked right out of there. That shit freaked me out. And and I was like, because <laughs> Dan had gone by himself the day before, and he said, like, most people were wearing masks. And the whole time I was like, like, on the treadmill, I was like, dude, there's somebody, like, I was like, I don't, this is not cool, right? Like, this is not, I don't like this at all. And, <laughs> and we almost left after the treadmill, and I was like, oh, let's I mean, we can do some crunch things. I don't know. Let's do, let's, let's, <laughs> but yeah, I, I was like, I'm just going to go run around the block or something. Fuck. What about, God damn it. We got, we're worse. getting so off track. That's okay. We need filler. We got worse? two more cases or one more case. You want to know what's worse is not washing your hands after you shit. Oh, I know. That's worse. Oh. I know. Yeah. I've, I've been in bathrooms where dudes do that. That's who, if you're a dude that listens to our podcast and you don't wash your hands after you shit, wash your hands. Well, I'm sure. And just, I'm sure. Well, maybe you used to like, terrible. maybe you used to like three, four months ago, but I bet you, you do now. <laughs> you fucking, but yeah. God, I, hope I mean, so. I guess that guy's sweaty fucking like middle-aged dick was probably less infected than most things, but I don't want that. His sweaty middle-aged dick. Fucking shit getting all over the, everything in the EP Fitness, yeah, you know? <clears throat> Jesus Christ. Okay, so let's stop talking about dicks for just a little bit. Because um, <laughs> this next person, guess what, is a dick. So, yeah, yeah. so, okay. So I think I was somewhere where the lady returns and she gets tied up. Um, at this point, um, the guy... T- <laughs> I forgot we were talking yeah, about... Yeah, we're talking about robbery, guys. Sorry. So, Not dick? So he, he, so this guy in a mask is pointing at the driver, telling him like, "Drive where I tell you." They go to this secluded, secluded spot that was obviously set up um, previously. Uh, I think one of the detectives even says that that looks like they even cut trees down, so they were <clears throat> make, they made sure they could fit. Oh, the yeah, they were freshly cut branches that ensured that there was the proper amount of height for the vehicle. To- not just that, but they they did also say that it was not visible. 
Oh yeah, it was a road. it was a perfect location because it was just a quarter mile. What was it like a mile or a quarter mile down the road? Yeah, and just a hundred yards off of the road, it was completely invisible to people on the on, on that road. So this and is definitely they, something planned. Yeah, and they said they met up with at least one more por- person in another car um, because they couldn't. The security guard couldn't see much. <sighs> he could only just he could only see the van that was following him um, while he was dr- being driven while he was driving at gunpoint. So once they get there, it's very, very like uh, smooth sailing. Nobody even talks to each other. No one reveals their identity in any way, which I think is smart. Um, I, did we mention? Unlike the last one, yeah. Did we oh, mention yeah, that they were all wearing like khaki shirts and they looked pretty much like the? They guards? were wearing clothing similar to what the uh, guards' uniform yeah. was, which was a light tan shirt and dark slack. And so. Uh, yeah, they were talking about – so they got away with something like a million dollars. I think once they like found the – once they investigated the car, there was like loose cash everywhere. But there was like these trays that I've never seen before of money. And they said there was one that was just full of 20s that had eight million and one that was full of hundreds that had a, a million. Um, so I guess that one was a little lighter. But they said – they said something like there was like 2,000 pounds of cash on that car. Yes. So it's pretty 2, crazy. 2,000 – Pounds of untraceable currency. Oh my god. That's gosh. another good point to make is that it was all untraceable. And that's what led them to think that it was definitely an inside job because there was like, you know, a handful of people at most that knew that this car with this much money, with this much untraceable money was going to this place, you know, or whatever. How do you know that it was untraceable? What, 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 like, I, I don't how know. Do you know it was like, what, what, it, makes it hasn't, it-, it hasn't been like logged onto a ledger yet. I, I would think that now that they would log that as soon as it's printed, right? Like, well, I mean, like when it's going from one bank to another bank, like it, it hadn't been like written down in a ledger. There hadn't been confirmation mm. of the serial numbers of those bills leaving one bank are the same serial numbers that arrived at that bank. That's what they mean by like untraceable. It was like, like in transit. It was in between of everything. Like being processing. Added. Yeah. So according to like the guards. As far as I could tell, it seemed like they unloaded everything in about 10 minutes. Um, She couldn't get her partner loose, but she finally got herself out of the plastic cuffs. And she drove the truck back to the company and reported it to the cops. I don't get, like, why didn't she, like, I'm sure even back in those days, if you're hauling that much cash, that fucking thing better have a radio. Right? <laughs> like, it needs to have like a CB radio. Come on. Yeah. I mean, there's it's so a many, very I mean, there's, like, there's I a mean, lot of things we've learned in doing this podcast is there's so many details that are not, you know, mentioned, you know, I'm sure there was like a destroyed communications or who the fuck knows. No wonder there's all these people that have a lot, all this money. It was illegal to get. They got it illegally. Apparently this was, it's, I think they said they weren't sure, like estimated to be the largest road, the largest armored car. On the road robbery in U.S. history. I mean, I guess that's a very specific. Uh, that was a lot of words. I mean, when I read it back, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Largest on the road armored card robbery in U.S. history. <laughs> Unlike last week's, which was the smallest At, off the road. Off the road. <laughs> robbery. It was literally the opposite. <laughs> Largest off the road, unsuccessful. They got caught and they didn't get any money and they fucking murdered Three people for no fucking reason other than no reason. bad criminals. Just left no money. Yeah, fuck those Empty guys. Empty-handed. Not even worth it. 
Those guys should have took notes from these guys. I was going to say, and all those people got caught except for one. Whereas the this case, <laughs> the other ones got caught except for one. Oh, oh yeah. the other ones one didn't guy get got caught, caught and the other one. guys didn't. Yeah. yeah, so it's the exact opposite <laughs> case that we covered last week. Yeah, those guys no were- killings. No killings. Very well thought out. Successful. One guy got caught. Is there last week? Is there more? All got all of them got caught except for one. Uh, very not well thought out. No, maybe not successful. Is there is there any more info on this case? I didn't I didn't do any. I don't know, Dan. I didn't either. Paradox here. The guy that didn't get caught in the last one was the mastermind. This oh one. man, he 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 took notes. <laughs> Fuck, what that's are some years? conspiracy shit right there. That's just like, that's some that's some Paul McCartney's dead shit. Like just linking unsolved mysteries shit just for the it sake of Paul's it. Like, de- if you because, if you play this record backwards, yeah. it says Paul is dead. He's not wearing shoes. It's so obvious. What are you talking about? Yeah, he's turned around. They were stoned. Shut up. <laughs> that's so funny. That Abbey Road album that yeah. cover. So next is The Lost Loves, and this one's a bummer. <laughs> Spoiler alert. It's a bummer. Um, let's just jump through it. Don't bum me up, man. Dust Bowl 1930s. Sorry, it's coming. Um, the drought made everybody leave their family-owned generational farms because of the desolate drought that shook the Midwest. Did I say that right? What year was this? the Midwest? Yeah, you just said it perfect. Yeah, that you was said perfect. it right. Yeah, that was perfect. Uh, it was in the 1930s. Ooh. So... We're specifically here talking about Ira and Dora Brown, and they are a couple. I don't know. <laughs> those are both pretty unisex names. I, I, I think, uh, yeah, Ira's a man. Uh, Ira and Dora Brown left um, their farm in Oklahoma, and they moved to California to be, like, just straight up, like, hands, like, on a farm. So by f- – Oh, I thought you were – I thought you meant, like, hand models. Yeah. <laughs> so they – they have like four kids, and by the 1950s, they're still in California. They never go back to their farm. Uh, 1951, they have uh, twins, and they can't keep them. Um, one of them had like health problems, and they're so poor at this point that they just give the kids up for adoption. <clears throat> this is a story we keep hearing more and more. Like, oh, like, like, man. like, this is how shitty the government was. And I mean, it's not like it's that much the trillion times that much better but it's just like like <laughs> you don't hear about this you know like there's poor families with lots of kids you don't they don't they, just they don't say take, fuck they it don't just and, snatch your kids from you and take them yeah them well but what's what it's it doesn't seem like they unless were you're illegal it's just like oh we don't have money for these kids so let's just I guess give them up and, and unless and unless you're still, illegal, then they put them in like a fucking concentration camp and let yeah. just other fucking kids ra- like raise them. I don't know. But it's just crazy. It's like it. now when you hear people giving up their kids because they're like, oh, I can't be a parent. But this is just like, oh, I'm already a parent of way too much. Like, yeah, get no, sorry, get the shit out of here. Like, I don't know. To our 2020 ears, it seems so cruel, but I guess it happened a lot. So these twins get put into foster care and basically the gist of this Lost Loves is the lady twin trying to find her boy twin. So the twins were named Martha and Bobby um, and they were put up for adoption and they, apparently they had – they don't go in too 
they don't go into too much about the first foster family, but later the good foster family says that like um, Martha told told him about how the family would eat dinner and they had to wait outside, and then after they were done, all they got was beans. So pretty shitty foster family, you know. Yeah, that's not even up. including the kids at all. It's so shitty. Beans. It's what's for dinner. That's all, and it's not even a lot. It's just the leftover beans. So 1956 is when they meet the nice foster family, which is Alice and Arnold Breitler. They were really sweet. Um, they actually, she really loved the two kids. Um, she tells the story about how when she showed him the room, there was like a toy truck and then a doll um, on each of the beds, you know, for the boy and the girl. And she had soon realized, like, the girl just picked up the doll and hugged it. She later learned that these kids had never had toys. Wow. So is it? Isn't that tragic? These kids never had fucking toys. And they were, yeah. It's so sad. Yeah, it's super sad. The social worker had told him that they were mistreated. And Alice and Martha told, Martha, the little girl, told Alice about, you know, how the family treated them. And these kids were scared of going hungry. There's even that scene where in the middle of the night they go into the cupboard and just eat in the middle of the night just, just to be just safe. Just because they, they're worried. Yeah, they're worried yeah. that they're not going to have food later. Um, this is the part that I think is kind of fucked up and wrong, but, um, Stack says that the neglect became obvious when they were like swimming one day and the boy like was like drowning the, the girl and she had, and the mom, the foster mom had to run out and stop him or just say like, that's bad. And, um, but like Alice Breitler, I think is what their names. She just from that second, just immediately gave up on that boy. If you ask me. I mean, at least the way the story is told. Yeah. You know, yeah, I don't but know. But he tried to kill his sister. I mean, if he was just holding her, under, her underwater for, I don't know. It, who, who knows the specifics of it? I but, know, I know. I but know. it's I'm just, just like, it could have just been horseplay, but who who knows? And, and another thing that she says is she's just like, she said that he would have these tempers and they would go away, which is like, that's, I mean, it sounds like my brother and he's. Sort of perfectly normal, you know? Yeah, <laughs> it just sounds like a kid. <laughs> just sounds like a, a kid with a temper, whatever. Um, but something. But she also says, it seemed to be something in him. Like he, oh, like she just was just on. fucking convinced Sensing that he some was just sort a bad evil kid. Or something. Bad oh, seed. On. Yeah. So 1957, after she brats the shit out to the fucking... You know what it sounds like to me? It sounds like he was probably more trouble than she wanted to take on. Yeah, maybe. And it's it's interesting here her talking about this is like a in her like twilight years if you will like uh, way yeah. older. Um but anyway, so in 1957 I guess after she tells the welfare board about what's going on, they decide to separate the twins out of safety for Martha, which is obviously so fucked I, up. I still don't understand why would you separate the twins like I mean, why wouldn't you keep them together? I mean, you have to you have to think of how long ago this was. Even twenty years ago, people didn't take mental health seriously. Like they were, you know, yeah. fuck. So he was just thrust into the foster system once again. Um, and that's where the mystery continues because we don't know much. After more. that, um, she she loses touch. Yeah, right? Alice. <laughs> Fucking regrets it hard. Like this old lady in her toilet years, the the foster mom, the adopted mom, you can tell that she's just like, I shouldn't have, 
you know, shouldn't have let him go. And then, she, but she also says like, she also does say like they shouldn't have taken him. And it's like, but it was you. I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? Because there's lots of specifics we don't know. So it's hard to just judge this lady who's probably been yeah. dead for yeah, I, like 25 I, I, I years. Get it. Yeah. <laughs> it's super sad. Another little tragic part about this is she talks about the day that uh, the foster people came to pick up the brother and she didn't know he was going. They didn't know. And before he got in the car, he like went, ran up to her and gave her his clown costume from Halloween. That was like his prized mm-hmm. possession and they're twins. So I'm sure it fit. And he says, you can keep it in the, it's so fucking sad. Um, so <laughs> I know, oh, dude, I'm, I'm just picturing for, of course I'm just picturing your kids. I'm sorry, Eli. It's fucking me. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> me too. I'm, I'm picturing my kids. Yeah, you would. Just, yeah. That's the fucking saddest thing in the world. I'm doing the whole like when when oh I'm doing the whole like when you're when you're, you're, all when you're crying and you're waving. Yeah. You're waving, yeah. trying to dry the tears. Yeah. <laughs> Eli's fanning himself like an old like an old uh metal. Like an old southern southern like an old bell. southern woman. Like an old southern bell. <laughs> <laughs> like an old southern bell. Um so my last name is Devereaux. <laughs> Um, Sounds like hot molasses in your mouth. So <laughs> I have a manjula. A manjula. Um, so Martha was eventually adopted by the Breitlers <laughs> in 1962. Uh, Did you say I have a manjula? Of course. <laughs> what is man, that from? How, That's fucking. What is that from? The Kentucky Derby? I don't know. Just southernness. Just drinking mint juleps because it's the south. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think it's from. Uh, well, it's tradition to have yeah, a at the, Kentucky, the Kentucky, Derby. Kentucky Derby. Yeah, just, I think it's I think it's like just like a tradition, like a traditional like Southern a Southern summer I, drink, a Southern. Cocktail. How did I not know that a mint julep was a like a traditional? Like, fuck you. you just Kentucky thought you just Derby said drink. like a random cocktail in a Southern accent. <laughs> have a mint julep. I'll have a. You don't slippery. watch horse racing? I'll have a slippery huh? nipple. Oh, you know, a mint julep and some sweet. Oh, have a buttery nipple, please. Oh, you ain't never had no buttery nipple? Oh, it's the best. Uh, you missing out, girl. What's a, what's another funny cocktail they've got? I feel like this is a good day. I don't know. Let me reach down in there and muddle up that old fashioned. <laughs> I don't know. Wow. Sugar. I'm just picturing I'm just picturing like the, the sugar bakers from designing women. Honey, how about you go down to the beach and fetch me a sex on the beach? <laughs> I have a mint julep. That was fucking funny, dude. What um, is a julep? Mint julep. I don't know. So I know what I know so, the mint part. All right, so they're in the south, whatever, mint julep. Mint, um, oh dude, so I I I, I okay, so just to pause real quick. I, I googled southern dr- cocktails. Mint julep was obviously number 1. The Ramos Gin Fizz is number two. Uh, Sazerac. Oh yeah, yeah. Sazerac is what my um is what my uh is what my <laughs> uncle Bruce made last time we went. We, didn't we go to Bone Bruce's for like a horse race, and he made us Sazeracs? Yeah. There's this different horse race in the South where Sazerac is the drink, right? Okay. Oh no, no, no it's four. A, no, that's a New Orleans. It's like a New Orleans. It's a New drink. Orleans. We had it in New Orleans. Okay. Number no. four is an old fashioned. Number five 
Is it Alabama Slammer Baby? Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. I have an Alabama Slammer Baby. Come over here and give Mama an Alabama Slammer. Um, <laughs> oh, man, I think we got a winner. All right. We'll edit that all together so it sounds like one joke that we didn't Google anything. Uh, we'll fix it in post. It'll be great. Oh, God. Damn, that's so fucking... Can, 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 we, can, can we put a flag right here? <laughs> um, God damn it. Okay. That was so okay. funny. <laughs> finish this sad ass story that we made funny by talking about southern cocktails um so by the time so martha's 18 she's been adopted i think um the father passed away so they, they moved somewhere else but she was 18 and she tried con she went to like the place did you say she tried cock god damn it Eli, you're ruining me she tried coffee for the first time what was it a medium roast no i heard cock i oh, heard she, she tried, tried cock, cock. What was oh, the she- place? Wait, wait. God, I hate you guys. What was the place that, that adopted her? Or, I mean, there was a, the in charge of the adoption, like the federal, the, the oh, fuck, Oklahoma. <laughs> fuck. I don't remember. So when she was 18, she was able to get enough information to uh, send her brother a letter. She thought there was an address that was associated with where he had been adopted and um, some stuff like that. And she invited him to her graduation. And she said that she would wait by the, you know, mail every day and, you know, just super excited to get a response. And she got the letter back with a return to sender stamped on it. And, um, yeah, we don't know much. Return to sender. No. Uh, Oh, fuck. What's the return? I was thinking, I was thinking of the other. Address. I was thinking of the other song. Uh, I don't know. It's an Elvis song. It's great. It's it's the saddest Elvis song. And you listen to it and you're like, there's no way this bitch was sending Elvis back her letters, dude. She was fucking <laughs> riding that shit. He was cute as fuck. What are you talking about? No one's returning to send her Elvis. Elvis. Unless he was like a piece of shit. Do we not know what that Elvis was, just was like a piece a of shit? like a dime? Like some joint that was just oh. like, oh. She's like, Elvis, you like, are a pussy. Elvis. I mean, yeah, he, like, he, he did have, he was very, he he did kind of have like a feminine vibe. Like the girls loved him. Imagine, but he had a, telling, he was Elvis, imagine telling Elvis to get in line. Like, yeah, you <laughs> must have been some. Hot I, I, it's funny that ass. we assume that Elvis wrote any of his famous songs, which he didn't because <laughs> it was the fifties. Uh, I mean, no diss to Elvis, yeah. but I mean, it's just the way the music business worked. Um, so she writes to him. Nothing comes back. Like I said, um, in 1989, which was about 20 years after this, she found birth certificates and a driver's license, and the address went back to a homeless shelter, which is real sad. And when she contacted them, they hadn't heard from him in a couple of years. So the update for this is like weird. Yeah, it's I, I find it a little weird because they they well, don't did you, did you show the reenactment like they most like most people do? Well, because there's like not most, really a reenactment. She she. Gets contacted by her older brother, the ones that like the family was like, ah, we'll keep raising you guys. She got contacted by her older brother, John, and she learned that um, one of her other brothers and sisters had passed away, but not the ones that she, not the one twin that she was looking for. Sadly, Martha passed away on October 9th of 1995, and she was only 44. Um, At the beginning of the segment, she does say that when she was born, she had like a heart defect. I don't know if that had anything to do with it, but. 
she thinks that that was one of the reasons why they thought they could, the parents thought they couldn't, you know, keep up with medical bills and things like that. Um, and it's sad. Like in the case, she says like, oh, I think my parents put me up for adoption because they wanted me to have a chance to like, you know, get an education and be healthy. And yeah, who knows back then. And it's pretty much unknown if she ever actually met her twin because, uh, um, two interesting there's two interesting things he was actually listed in her obituary among her survivors you know how when someone dies it says like you know survived by and all the close family members yeah Yeah. um also they found some records that indicated that bobby who later went by the name robert harold macy passed away just a year later in 1996 in tucson arizona so they might have met you know and it just wasn't Hmm. a public thing and it seems like he had a sad life, right? Yeah. Like, it seems like he had a really, like, there there was maybe some mental illness. Um, he was in and out of homeless shelters. You know, yeah, it seems like he didn't have as nice of an upbringing. And he probably very well could have if this lady wasn't just immediately freaked out by a difficult child. But also, yeah, I mean, because he obviously went out into society, even though he didn't get, like, the mental help he needed, he didn't end up murdering a bunch of people because we would have heard of him that way, you know? Yeah. So it's like, yeah, with yeah. a little bit of help, you know, I don't know. It's it's kind of a heartbreaking with story. a little help from my friends. All I needed was a, have a little help. I feel like I could edit that in and make it sound really nice and eloquent. <laughs> <laughs> or you can play the real song oh no no not him. the song but just what i was oh. saying because you were singing that shit totally wrong <laughs> it's it's i get by with a little help from my friends oh that's i get right. high with a little help from my friends there was just, i'm gonna try with a little help from my friends that's much better that's much better strike a lightning and i have that joe cocker album and i just totally fucking botched that yeah, but we all know the Beatles version is better, even though Joe Cocker is great. But all he did was cover people soulfully. <laughs> he did. All right, last case of the night is an unexplained death, and this one is fucking – dude, it's so interesting. And um, I kind of went on a deep dive, and hopefully I remember a bunch of the stuff that we read. So Robert Sack introduces this case as an unexplained death. Um, he talks about he, – he takes us into the world of Orthodox uh, Judaism – um, they're very religious, you know, the, the Jewish community that lives in small knit groups and well, actually they're not, I wouldn't say small knit, but they're, they're communities and they kind of take care of their own shit within their own communities and they're highly religious. closed looped. Yeah. As in like, Outs- if no. something happens within the community, you don't call the cops, you, they have you, like, you well, settle it on your like well, own in a sense. They have like their own arbitrary, like they usually hierarchy. Have, well, no, no, or no, but, but I literally like they have their own like family disputes and things like that. Like they have their own community court, but, but they don't like ch- charge anybody or send anybody to like jail or anything like that. You know, it's very like in their community, but, uh, but anyway. Specifically, we're going to uh, Long Beach, New York. So Saturday, November 1st, 1986, 8 a.m., Don Daly gets called to a yeshiva school, um, which is a Jewish boys' school. 
pretty much, right? Like a private school where they all live, uh, they right. live inside the school and, um, you know, it's they're taught second, by rabbis and stuff. It's a secondary school. So like it, you're equivalent to a high school, but they really focus on religious texts versus, you know, academic, well, you know, your standard academic tests of like math and sciences and stuff like that. Are you that. sure about that? Yeah. Yeah. They focus on like the religious, like. That's their main. So um, Don Daly gets to the school and he learns that 15-year-old Haim Weiss, who was from New York City, was killed from a single blow to with a sharp object. Uh, it, it was – he was hit in the back of his head. He was hit in his head while he was sleeping and it severed his spinal column and he died pretty much immediately, they think. And if you look deep into this case later, they found – they're pretty sure that he was killed with a hatchet, which is – Dude. Crazy and very violent. They never found any murder weapon. Uh, no signs of a robbery. No struggle. Nothing. This no forced entry. This case is so fucking. I don't know. This one is one of those ones that really like. This is random. Yeah, like it just seems really poor, random. Like kind of this poor sweet kid. You know, his dad said he was pretty popular. Um. Everybody liked him. Uh, one of the one of the rabbis they interviewed said that he was a bright pupil, that he was like the top of his class. Yeah, he's a good kid. <sighs> and of course, nobody would give statements or talk about it because it was on Saturday, which was the Sabbath, and they couldn't yeah. write. Uh, and they couldn't like. I guess I I don't know exactly. I don't I don't know any specifics, but I know they couldn't write. Well, they couldn't so- get a statement because they couldn't write. So I know that for sure, like in, in biblical terms, I, they people on the Sabbath you can't do anything. You're not supposed to. You're work. not supposed yeah, to do any labor intensive things. So that's why, like they they were saying, like in the rooms the lights were off because you would go into your room to go to bed. Yeah, turning on a light switch is a form of work. So you're not supposed to do that on like the Sabbath. That's crazy. Yeah, like, you don't um, even cook meals. Like to that to that one of the the last. People to see Hayam alive, they saw him in the hall with a light on reading a book because he couldn't – because they kept the light on in the hall just, you know, so you could see when you go to the restroom. But you can't physically turn the light like Dan was saying. So that's why, like, they saw him in the hall So he in the was hall in the hall reading, just, just to like, read. Yeah, reading. Because it was the only light yeah. on in the house, probably, and they res- and he was respectable, uh, respectable enough gets, of the religions, it, uh, even as like a kid that young. I mean, I guess when you're raised like well, that it's, specifically, it's the traditions. It's like, all it's, you know. It's crazy. Like, um, if there's this little unknown wire that encompasses <sighs> the island of Manhattan, that basically it, it deals with like Jewish culture. That if you're within this like perimeter. You're allowed to, you know, continue as normal on the Sabbath because it's considered like, you know, like the invisible cloak, if you will. Hmm. There was an article. There was a really interesting article about it in the New York Times about three years ago. Really? There's like they have like they have like Like, a safe zone. Yeah, yeah. There's like a wire that like encompasses the island of Manhattan, and because of that, it's like the safe zone. Hmm. Hmm. Um. So. Yeah, First time I mean, on top that. of it being the Sabbath, kids were also really f- shy and afraid to talk. And apparently within these Jewish communities, suspicion is, like, not a good thing. Like, just if you if you think somebody did something but you have no proof, like, it's not 
It's like in your gut. The, yeah. Like, oh, you, I, I just yeah, have a feeling. You don't speak out on that because it's like disrespectful. You know, like you, you take care of your own other, uh, other, over other people. I mean, is the way I understood it. A lot of people think the killer was an Orthodox Jew because the mo- the body was moved twice, once from the place where it was hit, and then um, again, like dragged, like off the bed kind of half-heartedly and they say that the um when a body's dead it's customary to keep it closest to the ground where it's cooler um something like that it's Uh, also customary in orthodox judaism that uh when a person passes away the room that they pass away in, you open the door or the window of the room so the spirit may move on to the next life and there was a there was an open window in this dorm room in October in fucking New York, well New York area, so that shit's cold as fuck. So that I want to say that yeah. they also don't look in the mirror. I think I think they cover like the mirrors in their house. I think that's like part of it too. No, that, I don't, that's I don't know vampires. <laughs> no, no, I swear to God, yeah. it's definitely Jews. And like we said, we're really trying hard not to offend anybody because we don't know much about this. You know, we're just going off of the unsolved mysteries case and other stuff that we read. Yeah. Um, about this specific case, though, you know, not just, you know. So another ritual is after, you know, this all happened, they lit a candle in the room in memorial, which is something that's very common. And they sealed the crime scene. And then they came when they came back and unsealed the crime scene for further evidence or whatever the case might have been. Well, here's, there here's was the another thing. candle there. Can, can I interject? Oh, something? yeah. Because he says, like, they sealed off the room. And then the following thing Robert Stack says is, so they sealed off the room after the rabbi put the candle there. And then he says, two days later, a candle mysteriously appeared. Yeah. So if you know it was two days later that it appeared, that meant someone was coming in and out of the room to check in on it, which meant it was not sealed. Well, I think what they're saying is it was supposed to be sealed. And yeah, they were supposed to be sealed. And then two days later is when they found the, the other candle, I think is what. It was supposed to be sealed, and it probably wasn't, yeah. Or somebody climbing the fire escape and getting in through that open window. Maybe. Maybe they went through the window. Yeah. All right, anyway, we could be here all night, and we will. So. All right, pull out the printer and the red yarn and the thumbtacks. Yeah, we honestly, this is one of those cases. This is one of those cases, seriously. Like, like I really, I was kind of, I was wanna, fucking pissed when wanna, there was no update. Yeah, I want to dive into this. Like, I don't want to sound morbid or, or like gross or anything, but like, I kind of want to like see the crime photos. Seen photos? Really, oh, I'm really curious as to no. because, like, for example, like they say, like we 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 pointed out, like a window was open, and they speculate that you know. That the killer might have done it. But they also say that a student discovered him dead when they went in to wake him up the next morning for prayer. Who's to say that that student went in to wake what? him no, up? No, 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 no. Yeah, he was discovered by a student. That, oh, I don't remember that part. So it, it's like one of those things. Who's to say that, you know, the student who is obviously also a Hasidic Jew walked in, discovered Orthodox. or Orthodox Jew, discovered that this fellow classmate is now deceased in the room and immediately out of, you know, customary tradition, just kind of did all that shit. the window. 
and, you know, and we know these and they kids... move the body to the ground because you know mm. that's customary. Yeah, and yeah. we know these kids Could've didn't been. really talk to the cops like they were. I guess untru- I'm sure they were untrustworthy of like the outs. You know the the normal police because you know when you're raised in that community, like I mean, like like well, we have a lot of friends who live in New York, and those I mean the the it's a very tight the very community yeah the very religious Jewish culture. people they they keep to themselves as much as they can. Um, you know, they protect their own. Yeah. I mean, so that, like, that's what like fascinates me is like, you know, how much of the crime scene was tampered with on accident, just out of, you know, customary tradition. Like, of, oh, this is know, just, just what we do. It's just ingrained. Yeah, just into doing you. the right thing. Yeah. So they kind of, uh, break down the final hours of Haim's life as best they can, the cops. And what they figure out is like we said, popular kid, um, everyone knew him at the yeshiva. He'd been there for two and a half years. Uh, Halloween 86 fell on a Friday. So it was the beginning of the Sabbath and the reenactment. The rabbi is like, you know, it's Halloween. And it's also like, I, I, Oh wow. That was a good rabbi. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Did I do an offensive? I'm sorry. He says, he says, you know, it's Halloween. And, um, he, and it's like, I feel like the rabbi would not be like, Halloween's fucking cool, guys. I don't know. Like I said, it was Halloween 1986. Um, the next day would would have been the Sabbath. So after school, he goes to services with his friends. And then he goes back to the dorm. And then like we mentioned earlier, the last time people see him alive is in the hallway reading because that's the only place he could get light because it was a Sabbath. They think the killer knew the dorm layout, which is obvious. I mean, it was it had to be somebody in there. Uh, also, Haim was – like I, I also mentioned earlier that he was in – there was – I don't know if I mentioned this earlier actually. So all the rooms had at least two occupants and he was – him and one other room were the only ones that only had uh, one boy in each. Um, and that that will come into the theories of what happened uh, when we go through them later. Not all the kids would have been alone in their room, but he was one of them. Also, interestingly enough, this is creepy as shit. Uh, the kid that remembers um, a door opening in the middle of the night and then closing, and he didn't think twice about it because it's a fucking house full of kids. Yeah, I don't know. He he, he said he thought it was his roommate, but who knows? And he just went to sleep. So the one clue is one of the creepiest parts of this case. And it's that um, a jogger said he saw a kid around 7 in the morning when he was jogging around the area of the yeshiva school, he said he saw a kid sitting on a bench that could have been a student from the yeshiva. And, but that kid has never, that's never been proven or the kid and the kid's never been identified. And that's what they leave us with. And this case has been talked about amongst a lot of circles. And we did a little bit of research and there's, there's all there is, is just more theories. There was like a janitor who was fired. Um, Around that time, but I mean, to think that a janitor getting fired would lead to just him sneaking into a building and murdering a child. For yeah, like random, some crazy. random kid. Did he have a relationship yeah. with him like before? There was a there was a homeless man in the area that was attacking oh. senior citizens <laughs> around the time, so yeah. they thought it might have been them. Yeah, okay, there, but that was senior uh, citizens. Yeah, uh, there's also rumors. I mean, that- a child's kind of like a senior citizen. I mean, they're clueless. <laughs> they can't defend themselves. Jesus. Sometimes they poop themselves if they do um, too much. There's rumors. Those are babies. There's rumors that Hayam might have been a bully himself and that all the kids kind of, you know, that 
if one of the kids killed him, they all would have just shut up and just because they didn't like him. There's also a rumor that he was gay, and that's why he wouldn't have been paired up with the other boy in a room by himself. Hmm. And yeah, that and was kind of weird. And maybe he was keep bullied going. And I like that. There I were like two that. students that had their own rooms. That well, as Robert Stack put it, there were two students that did not have roommates. Yeah, like that would make sense to be like, oh, like there's. You know, one student without like a roommate, but like, so even now there's no update. No, it, it's it's really like, uh, yeah. I think Hyam's uh, dad, I think, is still alive, and nobody knows. Um, there's but there's way more interesting shit than that. There's a there's a rabbi that they were looking into. I mean, I, I found this article that pretty much went over a lot of the faculty that was working at that specific yeshiva school. Um. And he – and uh, it seems like they were all it seemed fucking like a, child molest. Honestly, it seems like they were all oh, like geez. in trouble e- either for molesting children or, or like – Beating some, them. If they, were, yeah. if they weren't diddling boys, yeah. they were beating the shit out of boys. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> and um, – Okay, so the the one I think I want to say Rabbi Cooper, but I'm not sure. I'm not looking I think at notes. I think you're right. I think we it read is hard about this, but I don't remember. Um, there was one rabbi who the dad said like, ha, like he went to Europe to visit his grandparents, um, Hiam one summer, and the rabbi called and asked like, "Hey, when's he going to be back?" That's fucking weird. Like the rabbi's like, "Hey, when's hey, that kid going to be back?" M- I need Missing to talk to him. Hayim, like you know, it's been it's been months. Mr. Weiss, yeah. Yeah, that's a little weird. He said that he took his boy, he took Chaim to the the rabbi's house and waited outside while he like talked to him for ten minutes, and then Chaim wouldn't tell him what the conversation was about. Like, it, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> when weird. you think of it that way. It, it paints a pretty good picture, but also the rumors of all some kids being in on it and him being, you know, maybe not the most popular kid. You know, I, I don't know. It's it's one of those cases that I really think it needs like a full like eight part document. Like Paul Holes needs to go in there and find out what happened to Hyam. <laughs> Paul Holes. Seriously, this poor kid it sucks. I'm sure there's some type of like DNA evidence that's probably in their evidence locker that hasn't been tested or like thought of. Uh, there's got to be. You think so? I mean, it's still an open case. I mean. There's two interest. There's okay. There's an interesting thing to me about the open window that is I, we don't have any more specifics about, and it's that was there like a fire escape? Like, could you get out through that window? Could you climb up or probably down? not because they don't mention it, right? Like it was Correct. just it was just open for the religious reason, yeah. Or or maybe it was just open to look like someone escaped through and it wasn't somebody inside the school. But I don't know. <laughs> we could just. Go back yeah, speculate forth. all day. Yeah. It, it really is a big mystery. And you see these pictures of this young, you know, sweet looking kid who just like was fucking bludgeoned in the head by a – and somehow in, in these, you know, the reddits and the some of the forums I looked at, a lot of people were saying it was a hatchet for sure. I don't know if <sighs> that's – like, yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> Jesus, taking a hatchet down full force on a 15-year-old kid's head. Said it severed his spinal spinal cord. Uh, it's awful. Um, this is one of those cases. It's like really like just why you know. 
poor Haim. Um, There's um, no like clear motive. Like I, other murder cases we cover, it's like oh, you know, like a life insurance policy or whatever. And this, there's. I do want to mention the uh, one shady thing about this that when I was reading about uh, into Haim's case is that there was a one of these rabbis who worked there the whole time. Um, he at one point like commissioned uh, dorms to be built. Um, he wanted like a bunch of dorms to be built in the area for the school and they were like turned down by the city and he mm-hmm. put out all these ads in the paper and all these things claiming that everyone in the neighborhood was, uh, anti, it was an anti-Semite. Like they were, they hated Jewish people and they were just trying to do everything to, to ruin them. And, um, this guy, you know, he, he, at one point he did it again, like, the, and at this point it would have been 30 years after Haim was, uh, had been murdered. And he, and when he got denied a second time to build all this stuff, he said that the neighborhood was awful and anti, and they were anti-Semites and they hated the Jewish community. And he even pulled up Haim's murder and said that like, you know, somebody snuck in and didn't like Jewish people. So they murdered this boy and all signs point to that being fucking ridiculous. Like, yeah, how would somebody who wasn't involved in the Jewish religion do all these specific things to the body? But also, like Dan said, it could have just been a student that found him and just did these things yeah. out of, like, natural, like, immediate reaction. So, oh, God, it really is an interesting case. Um, but I just want to say that uh, that rabbi fucking bringing up Haim's murder to get, like, some sh- real real estate built is disgusting and kind of fucked up. Um, but, of course, a lot of people think that, like Dan, like we were – how we started the case, that this issue – might have just been dealt with within the community of this very, very highly religious Jewish, uh, you know, group. And that they might have dealt with it in their own way. But um, I was reading about – there was Reddit posts about this and there was people that had more information on, you know, you know, they were probably Jewish and they were saying that – they were explaining how the courts work. They're the ones the community court set up and they don't. Like, like they, they were saying, it's ridiculous to think that they would deal with a murderer on their own. Like they, it's small stuff that they deal with. Like they would, they were saying they would definitely call the cops if it was something like that. Mm-hmm. But you know, who knows? It's just people giving their honest opinions on different internet sites. And that's really all we have. It's yeah. Um, I'm sure there's so much more information about this, and I wish I could recommend a book. I wish I could say watch the movie, the documentary series. I feel like this case nothing. really deserves something like that. Yeah, maybe. maybe. Yeah. But anyway, uh, thanks for hanging out with us. Um, it looks like a long episode on our end. Who knows? Oh, yeah, gonna... <laughs> like two hours almost. But it's definitely not going to be that long. But anyways, thanks for hanging out with us, um, talking about murder. Thanks to Dan and Eli, who's half asleep. Struggling, man. I'm not half asleep. I'm just struggling. <laughs> nah, you got it. You're a busy boy. You're a busy boy. My 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 days are crazy. I'm usually asleep right now, and I'm I usually wake up around five o'clock in the morning. And in it's two hours here. Oh shit! It is. <laughs> oh yeah. Literally it's two so hours. Hard. Fuck. But it's my fault also. We started late because of me, because I was out doing stuff. Yeah, get some sleep. Um, thanks for hanging out with oh, us, guys. Uh, we're the Stack Pack on Twitter and Instagram. Um, go to Anchor and send us a buck or two if you keep the show free. If you feel so inclined. Yeah. 
uh, please, if, if you listen to this on Apple Podcasts, it would be so cool to if you left us like a, a good, nice review. Because um, we had one mean review. They said that we go off on too many tangents. And you know what I say? I say, that's uh, fair. Have you ever heard, po- have you ever heard podcasts? Uh, I'm sorry you wanted that's fair. I'm sorry you wanted Sarah Koenig and you got a little bit of Henry Zabrowski. I was going to say, sorry, we're not Sarah Koenig. We can't solve crimes here. And no. as a matter of fact, she didn't even solve no, that crime. Yeah, I don't even People I don't know if I did that. that. I don't know. I still don't know. Do you have an, do you have an opinion? Oh, God. Okay. We need to end this. <laughs> good night and good luck. We love you. For every mystery, there's someone somewhere who knows the truth. Perhaps that someone is, is listening. And perhaps that someone is you. Good night, Dan. Good night, Eli. Good night, myself. Good night, uh, the people who listen. Or good morning. Or, you know, time Or good day. morning. Whenever. Wherever time of day. Yeah. Good morrow. Good morrow. That works. It's good morrow. Good morrow.